Last week, we started, um, we started a new series um, called It's a Christmas Series. Um, and, and what we're doing is we're kind of paralleling the, the Christmas Carol, right? The, the Charles Dickens um, novella, which is just a, a, an awesome story. And so last week, what we talked about is, is in that, even though it wasn't intended to be um, a Christian message or, or any of that, I think that um, Charles Dickens inadvertently kind of left us with something that, that relates to our lives, relates to our recovery, relates to our walk with God. And it is one of the greatest stories ever written when it comes to Christian um, or Christmas. Um, it, it's powerful. It's been retold time and time again. And I believe that it's been retold time and time again because it speaks to us. And last week we talked about the fact that um, we, we have this picture of the underdog, right? He comes, his life's changed, and, and we all love to root for the underdog. And, and we all struggle in ways like Scrooge struggled. And, and that's kind of, you know, one of those things we don't want to admit that. Nobody wants to admit to being a Scrooge. Um, but honestly, I think we, we all fall in that category from time to time. And last week we talked about what do you do when you're haunted by the past? Because in a Christmas Carol, Scrooge is visited by multiple ghosts or spirits, and, and the one that he encounters after his co-worker Bob Marley is, is the ghost of the past, and I think that's the thing that haunts us to most. I know last week I talked about me specifically. I, I have a past, almost 20 years in addiction. There's things that I did in that 20 years that I'm not very proud of, but if I'm really honest, there's things I did yesterday I'm not really proud of, and those things haunt us, right, make us feel disqualified, and try to knock us off course, and so last week, we talked about how to deal with that. If you missed last week, I want to encourage you, go back and listen to it. This is one of those places where the podcast comes in handy, right? You can, you can listen to that message and, and hopefully it'll speak to you. But today we want to move forward because after the ghost of the past came, he was visited by the ghost of the present. And, and, and so we want to talk tonight about but living in the moment, living in today, because even as you deal with the past, this is what I know to be true. Life sucks, right? Can I say that? It's hard. And the holidays are hard. And, and even though so many people are, are so full of joy, um, so many of us are, are so full of stress and anxiousness and, and distractions. And there's things coming against us in this moment. And, and we want to do right. We want to do good. I believe that, that inside, that's most of us, right? But how do we stay the course? How do we stay focused when the ghost of the present haunts us? When, when bills come at us and it's distracted, where relationship difficulties are, are present in our life, and that begins to knock us off course. When our children just won't be grateful and shut up, you know, how do we, how do, we do life in those moments? What do we do? And so we're going to talk about the ghost of the present tonight. And I want to start with this, Colossians 3, 1 through 2, and it says this, since you have been raised to new life with Christ. And so this passage is for those of us who call ourselves Christians, who call ourselves Jesus followers. And so here, Paul, he says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your side on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. And so that, that's what we're called to do. When we talk about the present, that, that the thing that we need to do to stay the course is to set our sights on things of, the, of heavens, right? The, the realities of, of God and to be focused on that, to not be distracted. And that's what we're called to do as Jesus followers, as Christians. And, and we need to do it because just like Scrooge had a judgment, right? That's the whole story. He was facing this judgment that, that Bob Marley comes to warn him about. We face something 
something similar. And the writer of Hebrews explains it like this in verse, uh, chapter four, verse 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts. And then he goes on to say, nothing, say nothing. Nothing, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. He is the one to whom we are accountable. And so the writer of Hebrews says, hey, listen, like your life, the past, right? We talked about that last week. It's exposed. There's a coming judgment for that, the things that you do. But, but the now, the present, today, it, it's naked and exposed before God. And so just like Colossians says, set your sights on the reality of heaven. When we fail to do that, we've gotten, of course, that's exposed to God. And we'll be held accountable for that. Um, and he, God, is the one we're accountable for our choices, for our actions, for our relationships, decisions, the here and the now. And so it's important that we stay the course. It's important that, that we remain focused, even in difficult seasons. He goes on to say, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly, say boldly, boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find the grace to help us when we need it most. This is how our story changes, how it's different, right? Because we have a God that's not indifferent. That the Bible reveals God's words. It reveals to us that we have a high priest, Jesus, who's not indifferent, who understands the things that we went through because he's went through them too. And because of that, we can come boldly without shame and guilt, but with open hearts, with a humbleness saying, I struggle here, I fail. And that's, that's what changes. That's what's different for us. That, that we can come before God and say that we need help. And, and especially when we're dealing with the ghosts of the present, when we're struggling day in and day out, it's especially important that we go to God. It's especially important that today, tomorrow, as you're, as you're going to work, that you come boldly before God and ask for his help, ask for his guidance, ask for his direction. And so again, it says, there we will receive mercy. Where? At the foot of the cross. In the presence of God, there we'll find mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You know what? When we don't go to the cross, that's where we find that judgment that we, that we wanna avoid, right? If we come to God, it's paid for. If we try to avoid it, we're choosing to pay for it. We're, we're choosing to take that on. And so we need to come boldly before God. And so I wanna share tonight um, I want to share tonight exclusively out of Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. Um, I'm going to share towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And so Matthew, um, he records this. Um, it's Jesus' greatest sermon. And, um, and it's, just, it's amazing to me because when you look at Matthew, Matthew was a guy named Levi. He was a tax collector. And if there was ever a Scrooge in the Bible, it's this guy. Matthew betrayed his, his countrymen, right? He was a crook. He... He spent all his time collecting money, counting money, being driven by greed. That's what he did. But Matthew became a Jesus follower, right? He was able to come boldly to the throne of God, uh, humbly at his feet, and God redeemed him. And he, he um, records Jesus' greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And we're gonna be in chapter seven, starting in verse 13 here in just a moment. Um, but it's just incredible to me because if anybody had to learn to change their present, right? If anybody was haunted by their past, I mean, this guy, he was despised by Jews 
Jews and he becomes a Jesus follower. And you, you can't tell me that the other disciples didn't despise him and, and he didn't have to deal with this. That Matthew likely robbed some of them or robbed some of their family through taxation. And if anything, he betrayed them. He betrayed them all. And so he had this past to deal with. And, and I guarantee you he had a present to deal with because his lifestyle changed. Everything about what he did day in and day out had to be different as he pursued Jesus. And so he had to learn to stay focused and learn to live in the moment differently. And, and so here, if you're struggling with the ghost of the present, if you're struggling with distractions from this world, the first thing we want you to know is this, to be intentional about where you're going. Matthew had to be intentional about where he was going because you're not going to accidentally start living the life that God wants you to live, right? And so if we're talking about dealing with the ghost of the present, we're talking about the distractions of this world, we have to be intentional. You're not gonna, again, accidentally live for God. You're not gonna accidentally restore relationships in your family that are broken. You're not gonna accidentally be a decent parent. You're not gonna accidentally do any of the things that you need to do. The things that we do accidentally is screw our lives up, right? When we're putting no effort, that's when we mess everything up. But if we want change, we have to be intentional. And so I wanna start with Matthew chapter seven, verses 13 and 14. Again, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, and this is something that Matthew recorded, and it says this, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Say narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, say broad, and the gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. Only a few ever find it. That's such a powerful statement there. That, that, that's, that's significant. When you begin to really unpack that and look at it, what Matthew recorded from Jesus's sermon is this. Those who find salvation, those who find righteousness, they, that, that road is narrow. Very few find that. The majority, most people travel the road to hell, right? Because you have to be intentional about where you're going, right? If I gave you a destination on a map, you would have to be intentional about driving there, right? If, if you just started driving east and I told you, man, um, I want you to, to go down to Southern California. If you just drive east, if you have no direction though, are you gonna make it? No, if I don't give you the destination, if you don't follow the map, are you gonna get there? No, you'll hit the coast. That's about it, right? And, and the wrong one, right? <laughs> you went the wrong way. We have to be intentional about our life. And, and we have to be intentional about our walk and we have to be intentional about overcoming the ghosts of the present and the things that we struggle with day in and day out. We have to recognize our shortcomings. We have to recognize our failures. We have to go boldly to the throne of God, right? Come boldly before him and be very intentional about the things that we want to overcome. And, and again, I can't stress this enough. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. Many are going the wrong direction. Many people that we encounter day in and day out are going the wrong direction. But if we wanna do what's right, if we wanna go the right way, it's gotta be meticulous. It's gotta be intentional. You have, to, you have to have it mapped out. You have to recognize God's voice. You have to follow him. You're not accidentally gonna get there. You're not accidentally gonna fall into righteousness. Do you need God's help? You need his direction? 
You've got to be intentional. And so you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. And when he talks about that, that narrow gate, it's one way. There, there's there's a infinite ways to miss it. There's one way to get it right and that way is through Jesus. That way is through recognizing who he is by, by endeavoring to follow him and by making him Lord. And, and, and when you make him Lord, you recognize the authority that he is in your life. And if you fail to do that, that's the single, singular way to, to find righteousness. There's, there's one way, one way. That, that's why it's narrow because there's one way and there's infinite possibilities to mess it up, but one way to get it right. And so the uh, gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult, only a few ever find it. And so not only do you need to be intentional about where you're going, but um, you also have to be intentional about who you're going with. And so point number two is this, be cautious of who you allow to get close. And so um, we know this a lot in recovery, right? Um, friends who were once friends, they drag us down and really change our lives, right? There's people that I used to journey with, I can't journey with anymore, right? They can't be in my inner circle because they knocked me off course. And so when we're talking about the present, right? The go to the present and, and doing right today in this life and, and changing and, and living for God and, and, and doing those things, the people in our circle are important. Right? The people that we call friends, the people that we travel with, it's important that we find the right ones. Don't, don't let just anyone speak into your life. Don't, don't let anyone speak into your relationships. Don't let anyone um, tell you um, what to do and what not to do. You've, you've got to be intentional about that as well. And so continuing in Matthew, Matthew 7, verse 15, it says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act, you can pick grapes from thorn, you can't, can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? And so I love that. Um, beware of false prophets. They come disguised as harmless sheep. It's, it's amazing to me how many people come disguised as friends who they don't have your best interest at heart. They, they have theirs, right? Um, how many times I see people get a relationship advice from, from girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever, you know, people that they hang out with that they don't really give a rip about your marriage. You know what they give a rip about? Getting drunk with you or hanging out with you or themselves, right? It's, it's very, it's very um, self, self-centered on their part. Um, and, and then they go to bag on your spouse with you. You're right, they're terrible. You should just leave them. Red flag, not a friend. That, that's a sheep, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing. That there's, there's people in our lives that, that, that present themselves in a way that they're not. And oftentimes, most people don't challenge anything we have to say. If, if you have friends that always agree with you, who, who never try to tell you maybe you're missing it, they're probably wolves in sheep clothing, right? Because real friends challenge us and they call us out on our crap and say, you're missing it, you're failing here, you can do better. And so we need to be aware of those people who are just yes men in our lives, who encourage us towards bad behavior. Uh, and we can tell by their fruit, you know, by the way that they act. I mean, don't get marriage advice from somebody who's been divorced five times right? Don't get sobriety advice from somebody who gets drunk every weekend, right? Don't get financial advice from somebody who's, you know, filed for bankruptcy, 
right? I mean, and it sounds so obvious, but, but we do it time and time again because oh, I've known them for 20 years. Who cares? Who cares how long you've known them? That doesn't make the fruit in their lives good all of a sudden, right? And so he goes on to say, a good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. That means no matter how long you've known them, how close you guys have been, how far your mamas go back or whatever, if they have bad fruit, they just have bad fruit. If they're leading you astray, they're leading you astray. It doesn't matter. You've, you've got to be intentional about the people you allow in your circle that you allow to journey with you. If you're going to, again, overcome the ghosts of the past, if you're going to remain focused on God's call in your life, that's what this is about. That's what recovery is about. That's what discipleship is about. It's about what all of this is about, is remaining focused on what God has called you to. And if you're going to remain focused on it, you've got to watch the people in your life. What kind of fruit are they feeding you? What kind of things are they, are they putting in your life? And he says, so every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. That's harsh. That's harsh, but that's what we've got to do with the people in our lives that, that are poisonous, that are bad for us. We, we've got to remove them. And if you want to get healthy, if you want to change, if, if you want your life to change, if you want to defeat the ghost of the present, you, you've got to be willing to do this. Every tree who does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can identify people by their actions. Bad, bad people, they're bad people. Again, no, no amount of knowing them makes them good for you. That we have to be intentional about who we allow in our lives. We've got to be willing to make hard choices and hard decisions and say, you can't be here anymore. And, and, and the more we do this, the more we're intentional about how we travel and who we travel with, the more success we find when we're faced with, with these things of the present, right? If we're gonna have good marriages today, if we're gonna have you know, good relationships with our children today, if we're gonna find success in our jobs today, right? That we need to begin to do these things because it matters. It matters where you're going. It matters who you're going with. We've gotta be intentional about these things. Again, point number two, be cautious of who you allow to get close. Next, you need to realize that God's looking for action. Point number three, pursue God with more than just words. <clears throat> I've said this a few times and um, I've just encountered people that they, <laughs> it's funny, they, they say, man, I, I love God. Um, you know, I'm saved. And, and again, I just want to point out, maybe it's your first time in here. If you guys haven't picked up, like this is like Christ-centered recovery. That's what it all pivots off of. And so I get people that I encounter that, that say these things and they're so indifferent to God's word. And, and I get that it's a struggle because I really have a hard time when I read something in God's word that's different than my life looks, right? Because then it's conviction. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good when somebody points out where I'm missing it or failing, but that doesn't mean that you can just discount it, right, or, or push it aside, that, that we need to pursue God with more than just our words. It can't just be lip service. If we're going to be Jesus followers, if we're going to fight against the ghost of the present, right, the now, to be focused on what he has for us, if, if we've come into agreement that it's the best way, 
God's looking for more than just words, right? More than just, Lord, Lord, I love you. Oh, thank, thank you, God. No, it, it's gotta be more than that. And so continuing in Matthew, um, it says this in verse 21. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter. People don't preach that enough. People don't talk about that enough. And I can tell by how quiet the room just got, that's incredibly uncomfortable, right? Makes me uncomfortable. You know why? Because sometimes I don't do the will of, of God, right? Sometimes I'm a huge, you know what, on the highway when I'm cutting somebody off. Sometimes my wife has to remind me that people know who I am at restaurants when I'm going to mistreat them, right? And, and, and then this comes to mind, right? Not everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, right? Just because I get up here on a platform and say, praise God, doesn't mean that I'm in the right either, right? It's, it's, it's the things that people don't see. It's the things that you guys don't see that, that matters, and the things that I don't see you doing, it matters, right? Remember, everything's exposed to God. We saw that in Hebrews, right? It's not exposed to me. It's not me that you gotta worry about. You can make yourself look great in front of me all day long. When it comes to the end, it's not gonna matter. When it comes to defeating the ghost of the present, it's not gonna matter. I'm not the one you need to impress. And you know, if I'm being honest, you're not the ones that I need to impress, right? I need to make sure my secret place lines up with what God wants me to do. Again, if I'm gonna defeat the ghost of the present, if I'm gonna be in his will in every way, I gotta realize that it's more than about being loud. It's more than about crying out and, and doing all these things. It's about doing God's will. And so are you doing God's will? Is your life a wreck right now? And you're struggling in this holiday season and it's your fault? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, when you look at your finances, are your finances erect because you're not following God? Maybe, and I'm not passing judgment. It may be something completely out of your hands, but, but we've gotta honestly evaluate that. Are your relationships jacked up because you and your significant other do it your way instead of God's way, right? I know this, anytime I love my wife my way, I fall short. I've got to love her God's way, right? Anytime I love my kids my way, I fall short. I've got to be in the will of God for it to be of God. My efforts always fall short. And so we need to evaluate, is this us? Are we just making a lot of noise and not doing anything to back it up? And it's so important. It's so important that we begin to evaluate where we're at, what we're doing, and make sure that we're not this. Lord, Lord, and he says, only those who actually do the will of my father will enter. He continues. He says, on judgment day, many, say many. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. Many will say to me, I shared all the coolest Christian memes, right? I had the biggest Jesus tattoo on my back. God, didn't you see didn't you see me feed that homeless guy that one time, right? I mean, no, that's, it's about more than that, right? Because that can all fall into lip service, that we've got to truly evaluate our heart, where it's at, and, and what we're doing. Not what we want other people to see, but, but where we're actually at. And, and only you can identify that. Only you can answer that question. I can't. You can, though, and you gotta, you gotta make sure. Are you one of the many that will, that will be there at one point and saying, Lord, Lord, didn't you see me? God wants more than words, 
And if we're gonna, again, live for him in the moment, if we're gonna be focused and not distracted, if we're gonna have solid recovery, if we're gonna have solid walks in life, it's important. And again, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want you to feel guilty. I don't want you to feel shamed. It's not my goal here. Because this stuff convicts the crap out of me too. I mean, there's things in here that it's gut-wrenching sometimes to think about and to talk about all the places that I miss it. And I want, I want to do right. I want to, I want to be right. I want to, I want to live right. I want to do the will of God. I want to get there one day. And he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not, who are you? Right? And, and so we've got, to, we've got to be willing to have the conversations now because one day it'll be too late. One day, it won't matter anymore. And one day, we could have regret. And so, as many on Judgment Day will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. You who decided to live the way you wanted to live. You who cherry-picked things that suited you and ignored things that didn't. You who lived indifferently and you who made yourself God over me. Get away from me. I never knew you. It's so important that, that we're willing to, to honestly look at where we're at and, and, and recognize that right now the things that, that are coming against us in the present, right? That, that the present is a window of where we're at presently. And if, and if you're being haunted by the ghost of the present, it may be an indication that you're missing it. It may be an indication that things aren't right. When, when things are going wrong, it's that time to step back and say, God, is there something I'm not seeing here? And more often than not in my life, when things are bad, I'm not, I'm not right here. That there's something I'm not doing that there's some selfishness or something that, that I need to adjust because God's good. And, and if I follow a good God wholeheartedly, things seem to work out so much better. And so I want to encourage you again in this season, as you're, you're battling the ghosts of the past, as you're battling the ghosts of the present, look at where you're at, evaluate your life and endeavor to, to stay focused on God, God's will, God's plan for your life. And lastly, lastly, we need to make sure that we base our lives on something as substance. And point number four is this, build your life on a solid foundation. Build your life on a solid foundation. And so continuing in Matthew again, um, now Matthew verse 24, still chapter seven. It says, anyone, say anyone. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. I wanna stop right there. I, I love that. Um, because we look at people like we, we classify them as, as imbeciles or morons or, or wise or good off of so many things. But, but God's word is so clear that, that the only wise people are those, what is that? Who listen to his teaching and follow it. Wow. Right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I want to be wise. Um, I, I want wisdom. And, and that, that's how God views it. It's not those who, you know, made the best investments right, or, or made the most money, had successful business, those are the wise ones. No, it's those who listen to his teaching. They're wise. Not, not the guys who watch the most Fox News or the most CNN or knew the most about politics. They're not, they're not the wise ones. 
The wise ones are those who, who listen to God's teaching and, and follow it. That, 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 should be, that should be our yardstick. That should be what we measure our, our place in life off of. And, and so often it's not, it's not for me. So often I look at these other things and base my standing off of that. But, but anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the wind beats against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. And so rains will come. That's a guarantee. There, there's not anything in God's word that says if you follow God that you're not gonna go through difficult times, that, that life won't be hard, that you won't face things. That's a guarantee. The world's broken. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's sinful. There's sinful people. And I, I wish wholeheartedly that there was an out for us, but there's not. But there, there's a way to sustain. There's a way to weather the storm. And it's by listening to his teaching and by building your life on it. That's wisdom. And in that wisdom, God's word says that, that you can remain, right? That you, you won't be battered and beaten down completely. You may get a bloody lip, right? You may get knocked around a little. You may get a black eye. But anyone who listens to my teaching is wise, like a person who builds their house on solid rock, that, that if we build our life on something of substance, and the only thing that's of substance is God's word, and if we build our lives on that, we can weather the storm. We, we can weather the past, we can weather the present, we can remain strong in the future, but, but we've got to build it on something that's real. It can't be built off fads. It can't be built off of what's cool in culture today. Those things change. So much of it change. I mean, I look back at, at just so much. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and it's like, you know, Pluto's not even a planet anymore. I mean, just that stuff, right? It's just, it, you just never know, right? People don't know. God knows, right? God's word is solid, unwavering, right? And it endures forever. And if we build our lives on the things out there, what culture dictates or what culture says to be true or right today or any of those things, we won't last. We won't last because it's a house of cards. It continues and he says, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish, right? So we, we have the opportunity. You can be wise. You can hear his teaching and listen to it. That's wisdom. Anyone who doesn't obey is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and floods come, the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Both scenarios face storms, right? Well, we, we don't get to avoid that that there's, there's, it's gonna happen, it's gonna come. But, but what you built on, you get to decide. You get to choose. You, you can act in wisdom or you can be a fool. You can listen to this whole message and you can say, that was really harsh tonight. Pastor Aaron really said some mean things and, and I just don't know. Um, I don't think I'm gonna listen to that. And that's fine, it's not, it's not my word, right? I just, I just read from the Bible. <laughs> but, and you get to choose, right? And I get the same choice. And I'll be honest, sometimes I don't like the things that I say. You know, it's like, oh, that's hard. It's hard. But I have the same choice you have. I can build it on rock or I can build it on sand. That, that I, can, I can base my life 
I can base my recovery. I can base my, my walk with God. I can base my family off something of substance, something that, that hasn't changed and will never change, or I can base it off whatever the word of the day is. But we've got to choose. You have to choose. And so my prayer for you tonight, the whole point of the message is that through this season, you may not get to choose your financial standing. You, you may not get what you want with the relationships in your family this year. There's so many things that are out of your control. There, there's so many things that, that we didn't see coming, right? We didn't know inflation was gonna be where it was at towards the end of the year. I'll be honest, I thought I was gonna have way more money in my bank account this time of year than I did, right? And there's just all these things that, that, that are out of our control. But the most important thing isn't. The most important thing is up to us, it's up to you, that, that you get to choose, you get to decide what you'll build your life on. Will it be that house of cards built on the sand or, or will you make the commitment to, to combat the ghost of the present and, and to base your life off of Jesus, to, to pursue him through, through not only the holidays but for the rest of your life and, and to call upon him and say, Lord, that, that I, wanna be, I wanna be yours, I wanna be with you. And so again, build your life on a solid foundation. To recap tonight, we need to be intentional about where we're going. You're, you're not gonna accidentally get it. You're not gonna accidentally find success. It's, it's not gonna happen. You've gotta, you've gotta wake up with each day and say, I'm gonna pursue this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it right here. This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. And so be intentional about where you're going. Number two, be cautious of who you allow to get close. Your friends matter. Your, your circle matters. Be, be intentional about who those people are. Be cautious about who you allow to get close. And then pursue God with more than just words. It's not, it's not lip service, right? It's not just calling out, Lord, Lord. It matters. It matters what we do, how we follow him. And then number four, build your life on a solid foundation. Build, build your life on something real. Build your life on something that, that lasts. Build your life on, on God, on Jesus. Our action steps tonight, evaluate where you spend your time and money. Check your foundation of lies and half-truths and make adjustments that lead away from unhealthy habits and people. Be willing to do the work. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. God, God sent his son Jesus to, to bring about salvation, but to bring about change in our lives today, right? So that we, we could have a different present. So we could deal with our past, but so today would be more. And so... Just begin, to, just begin to pursue him. Everything we talk about up here, again, I said it in a message that, that all of this, this, this pivots, it centers off of Jesus. And so if you're in here tonight, I, I wanna encourage you to the greatest decision that you could ever make. And it's the decision to call upon Jesus to ask him to be your Lord and savior. And so what that looks like, what that means, it's where we go to him and say, God, I can't save myself that, that I, I recognize that, that I'm incapable of saving myself. I need you, Lord, to rescue me. And it's by asking him for forgiveness and, and recognizing that he was the son of God and, and asking him into your life and, and making him Lord. And, and when we make him Lord, that's more than words. 
that's recognizing his authority and following him in our lives. And so if, if you're in here and you've never done that, I wanna encourage you to, to live your life differently, to, to live your life as if it's built on solid foundation on the word of God and, and say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of all. And maybe you're in here and you've done that, you've gotten off track, you've missed it, you messed up and you don't know how you got here, but you just know this, it's time to recommit, it's time to come home. I wanna encourage you to do the same thing, that, that whether it's for the first time or, or whether it's to recommit, that here when we end service, we're gonna have some people up here at the front and they would love to pray with you and for you so that you can start anew with Jesus tonight. And then maybe God's just been pressing something on your heart. There's something that, that you recognize you need to give up. Maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's a lie, a struggle of some kind, a half-truth, whatever it may be, maybe it's a bad relationship. But you just know this, that it's time to set it down. If that's you, we wanna encourage you to come pick up one of our white chips. And I want you to know, I get it, it's a piece of plastic, right? But there's something special about when we step out of our seat, when we get in front of everybody and we act in faith, God recognizes that faith, something takes place in here. And so if you're in here tonight and there's anything in your life that you're ready to let go of, I wanna encourage you to act in faith, to come down here and pick up a white chip. And then lastly, maybe you just need prayer. We love you. We wanna journey with you. This is a house of prayer. And one of the ways that we're here for you is by being willing to pray with you about whatever it is you're going through. And so for any of those things tonight, to give your life to Jesus for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a white chip, or just have somebody to pray with, we wanna encourage you to come down front and, and just join us. And if everybody would at this moment, if you'd stand to your feet as we close in worship.